Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of No Names All Game. Today is Tuesday, November 30th, and your Nittany Lions have finished the season at a slightly disappointing 7-5 and five after a very disappointing 30-27 to 27 loss in East Lansing against the Michigan State Spartans. My name is Chris Hankin, joined always by, by my co-host Pat Calicchio. I cannot speak today. Uh, we're going to break down this game a little bit, but it's the end of the season. Who cares? Uh, bigger news, big news across the the Penn State Twitterverse today, Brent Pry, defensive coordinator, heading to Blacksburg, Virginia, to be the head coach at Virginia Tech. It's bittersweet. How are you feeling, Pat? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a bummer. Um, you know, he certainly makes you wonder, makes you nervous about this defense going forward. I mean, has Brent Pry's defense always been perfect? No, and like I like we've seen like kind of the highlights of that in the past couple games. But I mean he has consistently coached Penn state to like a top 10 defense in the country. And you never like are pumped when that leaves. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've, you know, we've constantly, we always talk about, well, it's Ben don't break and we wish it was a little bit more dominant, but like, that's like the high level, like nitpicking week in and week out. We're talking about, yeah, defense did their job. Yeah. Defense played great. Yeah. We're, you know, top three in these scoring defense or top five in scoring defense. And it's, it's been that way his whole career. So it's bittersweet because obviously you are happy for him and happy for the opportunity. Um, but it does leave us with a, with a huge hole. And, and you know, this is one that's kind of been coming for a while. Um, his name has been rumored for a lot of head coach openings at lower level schools. I know a couple of years ago, it was like Georgia Southern or something like that. You know, Sunbelt, Mac schools, you know, a little bit lower level. And he's waited for the right opportunity. This is a legitimate program with some strong history where he can go and make a name for himself. So you kind of can't blame him. He's been with Franklin for 11 years. He's paid his dues. It is his time. Um, and I think but, he was at Virginia Tech before he was with Franklin. Yeah, yeah, as like uh, when I, earlier in his career, I don't, I don't remember yeah. his exact role there, but a bit of a homecoming for him. So happy for him, happy for his family, but leaves us with a hole. So uh, there's some options. Do you have a do you have a dream scenario yet of what do you want to see happen with this D coordinator role? Um, you know, like the name that I've seen a little bit that I would really love is Sean Spencer, man. Yeah, yeah, it's been floated around a lot on Twitter today. So, I mean, there's a couple of ways that this can go. Um, number one is you promote internally. You know, Anthony Poindexter is listed as the co-defensive coordinator right now. You could theoretically make him the D coordinator, and then you just hire a linebackers coach because Pry was D coordinator and linebackers. I don't think that's going to happen. I think especially coming off this huge contract, Franklin probably has some extra money to go make a big splash, get an external hire. Um, so Sean Spencer is one name that comes out a lot. Uh, former Penn State D-line coach. He's current, currently with the New York football giants in the NFL as their D-line coach. Been doing pretty well with them. I think this is, this is his first season, I think, right? Um, second. Second, maybe, yeah. Um, you know, there, there's talks on Twitter that he has head coach aspirations at some point in his life, you know? How do you get there quicker by being a D coordinator in college football or by being, you know, a, a D line coach in the NFL? This could make sense for him as a path. Um, the other name that I see a lot of, and I'll be very honest, I didn't know this guy before today, is Elijah Robinson, Texas A&M D defensive line coach. Uh, I'm not a big message board guy, but uh, apparently the message boards are buzzing that they want this guy. Um, there are rumors that Franklin wanted him a couple of years ago when we hired John Scott, uh, but maybe there were some money issues or he wasn't available. I don't know exactly the story, uh, but he is apparently a rising star, a stellar recruiter, um, and a name to watch. So 
keep an eye out Elijah Robinson, Sean Spencer. And then, you know, you're always going to have all the other names that are thrown out. Larry Johnson at Ohio state, right? We, we spurned him years ago when we didn't give him a chance. Um, you know, I, I don't think that's happening. Um, some people have been talking about Marcus Freeman, the D coordinator at Notre Dame. There's a good chance he's Notre Dame's new head coach. Uh, so I don't think that that's happening. Um, and then, you know, there's always the, you know, people just yearning for a former player. People saying, oh, LeVar Arrington should come back. Or Mike Maldi should come back. Or Sean Lee should come back. Like, guys have never called a defense. I don't think that's yeah. happening. I think Franklin's going to go after someone with coaching experience, either a rising star like an Elijah Robinson or a proven D coordinator that maybe is looking to make a move. All right. So like, let's say you have a, you have the choice. If you're, if, if you, James Franklin calls you up to Chris, we got Sean Spencer, we got Elijah Robinson. Who should we take? Who are you going with? My heart says Sean Spencer. Cause I love that guy. Uh, you know, we partnered with him back in the day when he was doing his, uh, his sacks for hunger, you know, donating turkeys to the local food bank. So he's got, he's got a place in my heart for just being a good guy. People loved him at Penn state. Um, and he produced a ton of great defensive linemen. Um, but again, he's never been a play caller. Uh, Elijah Robinson also never been a play caller. So I think my heart would say Sean Spencer, my head and what Twitter is telling me, Elijah Robinson is apparently that dude. I'd say Franklin, Go get Elijah Robinson. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I kind of, uh, I, I really like the idea of Sean Spencer. Um, I've heard a lot of great things about Elijah Robinson, namely that he is like a really tremendous recruiter. Mm-hmm. Um, thing is, like, I already see that as the strength of our coaching staff. You know, uh, I'd like to bring in someone who's a little more of, you know, I think would be a, a good defensive play caller, a guy who, you know, a good development person. And I think Sean Spencer is. Exactly that. I mean, not that we haven't had success in our defensive line, but look at like the two years since he's left, like sacks have been way down. And I think yeah. both seasons you saw like under John Scott, not that he hasn't done well, but like in both seasons under John Scott Jr. Like it's been one person, like one defensive lineman gets all the sacks. Right. Right. You know, yeah, even last year. year with, with OA, like got, yeah, I couldn't get home and Shaka Tony was getting all the sacks. It felt like under Sean Spencer, like just everyone was eaten. Yeah, I you mean, know? there there was that stat. I think it was like three years in a row where we had forty plus sacks. It was like we yeah. were one of the only schools, which is a crazy good number. Um, this is the other interesting thing that I'll be honest, I don't fully understand. So like. Pry leaves and he is the defense coordinator slash linebackers coach. So if you're going to bring in either of these guys, Sean Spencer or Elijah Robinson, they are D line coaches. So do they take D line and you bump John Scott somewhere else? Because he's not going to leave, right? Like as of now, it doesn't seem like Pry is taking anyone with him. Um, You know, a lot of guys are congratulating. Like John Scott even said, like, congrats, you know, best of luck to you. I don't think he would tweet that out if he was going with him. Um, So it doesn't seem like he's taking anyone, thankfully, knock on wood, hopefully not. so do you take like your new defensive coordinator and keep them at their position of expertise and you bump other people around? Like if they're even capable to do that, or do you keep your position coaches where they are and you ask your D coordinator to now coach a new uh, position? Because like, you know, we've seen that before where we've brought guys in for one role. What was it? David Corley was, was brought yeah. in to be a running backs coach. We had to switch him to wide receiver. Is that it? That experiment failed. Um, so I don't think that necessarily plays like a, a huge factor in it. I think Franklin's going to get his D coordinator as who he wants calling his plays and then exactly. figure everything else out. But it is interesting. I never understood how that fully worked. Yeah, that is. I, I was thinking the same thing too, because both of the people mentioned were D line guys. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll see. Or yeah. it, it could even be like, you know, I'm sure Franklin and Pry had like a conversation about, 
coaches staying where they were when he left. And I wouldn't be shocked if he goes after one of those two guys. Feels like, hey, Brent, like, feel free to take John with you. Yeah. Yeah, could see. Or, I mean, you've seen Dion Barnes has been a rising star as a grad assistant as a D-line coach. Yeah. Uh, maybe he's someone that gets poached. I would hate that because I'd love to see him grow with the Penn State family, but someone someone like him wouldn't shock me. Um, but there, there was a tweet that said, you know, Pry's been working on a staff for a couple of days. So Franklin has had to know this was coming. He's talked about how he keeps his list of, you know, people that are, you know, rising stars that he wants for open vacancies, like, all year round. So I'd expect we get a, a hire within a week. Um, you know, the worries right now are the 2022 class is, is about to be signed. Um, you know, the early signing day is December 15th. So it's two weeks from Wednesday. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, two yeah, weeks I already from saw today. Ken Talley tweet out like a, uh, yeah. Oh, face face palm palm emoji. emoji. Uh, he was the only one that I saw tweet anything remotely negative and, and, you know, maybe that's just him expressing some frustrations. It's, it's understandable. Um, DDS was tweeting some positive things about Penn state today, tweeted out, you know, uh, he retweeted something about Arnold Epichetti, some tweeted out something about, uh, you know, the big 10, all big 10 awards. So he seems fine. Um, those are two of our top guys with a little bit differing opinions, but yeah, I think with early signing day coming up, you don't want to give them a reason to postpone until, actual signing day in you know late january early february whatever it is you want to get those guys signed and lock them in so you probably want to have your guy hired within the next week yeah and you know i i think it's way less likely that a player leaves a team because a coordinator leaves for a job you know it's really it's like the head coach is where you see like a lot of departures like you're seeing at oklahoma yeah um i'll be honest this is the thing i've always hated about college football is that all these things happen before the season's over I yes. hate that. Yes. I don't understand why that's a thing. Yep. I guess it's probably because of National Signing Day or whatever, but like, it's infuriating to me that they can't even play their last game. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, it's because it's a frenzy, right? We've seen Lincoln Riley to USC. Who saw that coming? Brian Kelly to LSU. Who saw that coming? Like, these Not are guys me. who have said, I, I don't plan on leaving. Brian Kelly literally said, oh, yeah, Mike Tomlin said it best. I got the best job in the world. I'm not going anywhere. And then he goes. So, like, to see Brent Pry go in this facet, to have the support of Franklin, to have the support of everyone at Penn State, to Penn State put out, like, his statement on their, like, official Twitter. Like, this is a very amical breakup. Um, it is going to suck that we're going to battle him a little bit in recruiting because he's a great recruiter too. Uh, and you know, in I that feel DMV like Penn State area. and Virginia Tech have been in some recruiting battles, specifically over, like, D-backs the past couple seasons. Yeah. Definitely. So, I mean, it's, it's that area, the DMV area, right? And, and Virginia Tech, I think, has been looking to be more competitive for a while. Uh, you know, obviously their last head coach didn't work out great. I'm surprised a guy can come in there and do things. But I think, you know, one, this makes me feel a lot better about locking James Franklin down, seeing how fast coaches are moving around. Um, two, I hope we get our D coordinator done pretty quickly. But I agree. Th- these things happen so quick. Before the season's over, the transfer portal is lighting up like a Christmas tree right now. If you follow on Twitter, it's this person's in the portal, this person's in the portal, this person's in the portal. Um, I think it's just lost someone in the portal. Yeah, yeah. We had uh, Tyler Rudolph went in a safety. Um, No, but we had a portal commit that. Oh, yeah. Spencer Rolland, uh, Harvard, uh, Harvard um, O-lineman. So uh, we'll get to a little bit more portal stuff later in the show. But my, my point being is I think at this point, it's just a race. Like people are just scurrying to try to get ahead of everyone else, whether it be coaching, whether it be commitments, whether it be transfer portal. Um, 
So I'm happy we locked up Franklin. I hope we get our D coordinator pretty soon. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if there are any other shakeups, if Pride takes anyone with him, if there are any you know shufflings of the current staff and how that affects 2022 class and how that affects the product in the field next year. But I think it's, you know, warm wishes to Brent Pry. We hope you do well. You know, if we see you on the field, we're going to hope to dominate and beat the shit out of you. But other than that, I hope you have a whole lot of success, man. Yep. All right. Um, next up, all Big Ten awards came out today. Did you have any idea that was happening? Nope. Didn't even see them yet. So Dude. this is news to me too. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, the Big Ten does is so weird. Like I saw someone, I think it was Sean Fitz from 24-7 tweeted out like, uh, you know, they take a, they take a, an hour long special to give us like the schedule release, but then they just drop all their awards without any fanfare. Don't tell anyone. Yeah. Um, so the first award, individual award, um, we didn't get any defensive players winning any individual awards like linebacker of the year or defensive back of the year or anything like that. But we did get Jordan Stout, the Big Ten punter of the year. Boom. Love it. Um, he is the first ever Penn State punter to win that, to win the Big Ten Punter of the Year. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, and then some stats that the Penn State account tweeted out. Uh, he is number one in average hang time in the country at 4.36 seconds. Number two in net punting uh, in the country at 45.08 seconds or 45.08 yards. 45 seconds would be wild. Um, Four-time Big Ten Special Teams Player of the Week. And he is a Ray Guy finalist for national punter so i mean he's number one in hang time number two in net punting in the country you got to think he, he's one of three finalists he has a good chance to win that national award too yeah absolutely i mean he's been a great punter uh you know has been good not great in other facets of the special teams game <laughs> sure uh, sure <laughs> michigan stayed on your brain a little bit yeah but you know overall you know this is a guy who was not supposed to be coming and doing anything really other than kickoffs for us and he's been a pleasant surprise. I'll, tell, I'll say that much. Absolutely. So shout out Jordan Stout, Big Ten punter of the year. Uh, we had 10 guys, 10 guys recognized on the all Big Ten defense. I think they said it's 10 of the 11 starters, um, which is just crazy. So Arnold Ebicady, Jaquan Brisker, first team all Big Ten by the coaches. Um, I think by the media as well. I'm just going to give out the coaches right now because I don't care Over about the media. both guys from – I, I thought both guys from Michigan would be on the first team. Uh, damn. Well, they probably they, – I mean, Hutchinson definitely is. He was defensive yeah. lineman of the year and defensive player of the year. They, they sure I thought they would both be, though. Oh, him and Ojabo, you're saying. Yeah. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I'll be honest, I didn't look at the full teams. I, I've said I'll be honest like four times in this episode. You're being not honest, though. I like not that. lying to you guys. Um, I didn't look at the full team, so I don't know who they made it over, but – Ebicady and Brisker, first team, all Big Ten. That's pretty damn cool. Again, we've talked about the success story that Arnold Ebicady is coming in from the transfer portal. But Brisker, too, coming in as a Juco guy, you know, he has just blossomed over the last two years. Cool to see them get the recognition. Absolutely. Uh, second team by the coaches, our man Ellis Brooks. We've talked about him a bunch, how good a year he has had a middle linebacker. And this one is a bit of a surprise, but I fucking love it. PJ Mustfer, second team, all Big Ten by the coaches, only playing in five games this season. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely surprised by that, but thrilled. Um, I think, you know, you get part of that because of the impact he made in those short five weeks. You're like, man, like how great would this could have been? playing 12 games yeah yeah exactly so shout out to those guys and then on the third team we got jair brown brandon smith joey porter jr 
congrats to all of them. And then honorable mention, you get Jesse Lucchetta, Tariq Castro Fields, and Curtis Jacobs. Um, so I think really the only one that maybe maybe you thought would get a little bit of an honorable mention just for his work after PJ went out would be Tangelo. Um, you know, kind of kind of a little upsetting to see that, but you got you got ten guys getting recognized at different levels. Yeah. You can't really be too upset. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the offense comes out tomorrow. Um, I don't wide receivers think, gonna be interesting. Yeah, so I don't think we'll have any like offensive wide receiver of the year. Like it, sh- I know I'm biased, but it should be Jahan. I guarantee it's gonna be one of the Ohio State guys. I just yeah. I have a feeling it's gonna be Garrett Wilson or Jackson Smith and Jigba, who's had just a ridiculous year. I know Olave is like probably the highest draft prospect, or actually Wilson might have jumped him at this point. Either way. Every time I watch them, I feel like Smith and Jigba breaks off huge, huge receptions, and then Garrett Wilson just has unbelievable catches all the time. My vote would obviously be for John Dotson. Of course. Um, but other – You know what's crazy guys, is, like, the Big Ten wide receivers so deep this year, he could, like, reasonably not even be first team. I, that was going to be my next question. So do you think he's first team, or do you think it's – because it, it's, it's all three Ohio State guys. It's David Bell from Purdue. It's Shahan Dotson. I'm sure there's someone from Michigan or Michigan State that I'm not thinking about. Um, I, I think it's hard not to give him first. I think he's going to be first team. Yeah. I think he should be because I think with the Ohio State guys, they probably have like cannibalized each other enough that one of them is first team and then the others are second. Um, I also don't know how many wide receivers are on each team. If it's two, if it's three, um, might be three. Um, yeah. I, I think John right. Dodson is one of the best two or three in the Big Ten. I and I don't, I don't think they do it like an actual football lineup where, like, there's one guy who's a wide out, another guy who's a slot receiver. Right, right, I, right. I don't exactly. think it's done like that. It's just who are the um, best three wide receivers in the first team. Yeah. But I, uh, I think he will be. And I think, I think he so. actually has the will. best stats of the three. Yeah, I think he will be first team, um, but just I've been so disappointed with all the different media outlets and pro football focus and all these other different things that have snubbed him so many times. Uh, I'm just kind of mentally preparing myself yeah. for it. Um, but other than Jahan, is there anyone else that you think might get uh, any sort of all Big Ten offense recognition? There's not a ton to pick from, I'll be honest. I, I'll be honest. Again, what the f- why am I saying this? I don't know. Um, Maybe like a – Third team honorable mention for like Juice Scruggs. He was one I had on my list. Third or se- third or honorable mention. I think Parker Washington could sneak in there too. I think he's had a, a good enough year where I don't know quite second again. Tough and wide tough receivers one to so deep, into. so deep. But I, I would be I would be very happy with an honorable mention or a third. Yeah. Team. I think Juice is the only offensive lineman. Um, I mean, maybe the coaches see it differently, but. You know, we've had our, our struggles this year and our frustrations. Um, I don't think any tight ends have broke out enough. Uh, and then Cliff just, you know, there, he was injured for too much and, and regressed a little bit too much in that second half. I don't, I don't know if I see him maybe an honorable mention, maybe a third I team. could see him being an honorable mention. Um, but we'll I mean, see can that you tomorrow. really name four quarter, quarterbacks that have been, like, a lot better than him? C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud, Cade McNamara from Michigan probably. Um, yeah. Maybe the kid from Michigan State. I mean, during their Peyton run, Thorne. I know it was a lot. Yeah. I know it was a lot of the running back, but maybe. Um, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe an honorable mention for Cliff. Um, but by the time you're listening to this, it's probably out. So this is a moot yeah. point. <laughs> I'm calling um, third team for Sean Clifford. All right, third team for Sean Clifford. Give it to him. I just hope Jahan gets his love, gets first team. We will see that tomorrow. Um, I think that's all the news today. Like I said, the coaching carousel is in full swing. The transfer portal is on fire. A lot going on. Uh, why don't we get into this game a little bit? What do you say? 
If we have to. If we have to. Um, I don't. I didn't take a lot of notes. I don't have a full recap for this one, so we'll do some awards and then probably get through this fairly quick. But like I said, uh, a 30-27 to 27 loss in a very snowy East Lansing, uh, finishing the season 7-5, and five, which I think is, is really the disappointing thing because, you know, we came out of that Ohio State game saying, hey, we still have a chance to go to 9-3. and three. And Then we lose a tough one to Michigan where we probably should have won, and we say, you know what, we can still go 8-4. and four. And then this is another game that we probably should have won. Um, we had plenty of chances to win. Michigan. Yeah, we had plenty of chances to win. We, I mean, we went down early. We came back. We were in control. We weren't. Like, this is a game that was just frustrating, to say the least. But let's get into some awards, and then we'll talk about all the others. Uh, who is your lion for this game? I'm giving it to Sean Clifford, man. Um, yeah, this kid has battled through this entire season. Um, this is seemingly other than like the one half of football where he was out. He's been so underappreciated by this fan base, in my opinion. Uh, he's an underrated quarterback, throws for over 300 yards and three touchdowns, no turnovers, in terrible conditions. And you know, I think given, I don't know if you want to say like the right game plan, but you know, a couple breaks here and there, I think he really should have led this team to victory. And I think the fact that he didn't is mostly out of his control. Yeah, I think that's fair. And you, you have been Cliff's biggest biggest cheerleader this season. I, I am one of those fans that probably doesn't give him enough respect. After, after injury, to no fault of his own, I've just been kind of like mentally moved on. I was so – in the beginning of the season, I was so happy, so excited to be wrong about him. He was playing lights out. It was amazing. And then the injury happened, and it was almost kind of like, well, damn it, this is what we expected all along. Again, not his own fault. Not I mean, I would say he's poorly. still been – he was even he's still been better. Been better than he was last season by a significant amount. Sure. I think it's just then the, the, the way the losses have piled up. It's yeah. just, it's, it's, it's disappointing. That's all. And again, it's not his fault that I shouldn't be like hating on him. And I don't think I am, but like he wasn't in my thought for Lion this week when he had a great game in terrible conditions. Like you said, he really did. Uh, shout out Sean Clifford. You are a lion. We should, we really should keep track of like who we give these to. Uh, we we'll should, start that. We don't. We'll, we'll start that next season. So we can, yeah. we get, can get the recap. producer on it. <laughs> we can recap who got the most all year, all of that. Uh, my lion, surprise, surprise. It's Jahan Dotson. Uh, he's my lion for the year. He is just, been so much fun to watch this season eight catches 137 yards two touchdowns um it was just one of those we go down you know 14 nothing early on it was like when in doubt find Jahan um and he's been that all year so like I know this is a lazy and boring award because I've probably given it to him five other times but he's just that dude so shout out Jahan Dotson you are my final lion of the regular season yeah he's the man the man um all right, let's get into some awards. I have two. They're not my favorite awards of the season, I'll be honest. I had a hard time coming up with some this week. I'll be honest again. Someone get a, a tracker how many times I said that already. Uh, wow. what, is, what is your first award for this game, Pat? Oh, God. Um, it's, it's honestly, it's weirdly hard to find an award in this game. Mm. Um, but I'm, I'm going to give uh, the comeback award. The comeback award? Comeback award. Who, who came back? Uh, like, come back within the game or, like, come back in the season? Tell me. Who you got? Brent Strange. Okay. Uh, this is a guy who I had largely written off. Yeah. Been very critical of this season. Uh, thought he underperformed for especially how talented our tight end room currently is and has been the past few years. And he was our second leading receiver on Saturday with 63 yards, four catches. 
long at 25, you know, nothing to like write home about, but it's a good solid performance from your tight end. You know, I, I think yeah. you go to most tight end rooms in the country and you go, Hey, how would you like your tight end to have four receptions for over 60 yards today? They're all going to go, yeah, great. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. There was one. There was one play. I forget exactly what it was, but I think it was like a deep crossing route. Uh, he was going to like the left side of the field, and Cliff, Cliff hits him on like a deep, deep out. And I was like, oh, hey, who was that? But I was, I was like, oh, shit, it's Brandon Strange. Nice yeah. one. <laughs> so it was a, a pleasant surprise. Comeback award. I like it. Um, all right. My first one is the Odell Beckham Jr. Award. Odell Beckham Jr. It's, it's very straightforward. Positive or negative? It's a positive. It's okay, very straightforward. I'll go with Parker Washington. Yep, it goes to Parker Washington for that beautiful one-handed catch. Odell is most famous for his ridiculous one-handed catch when he was on the Giants. He has become more infamous for other things since then. But this award is because of that catch. Uh, and Parker Washington had one of the most beautiful catches of the season, I would say. Going up, full extension, one hand over his head, bringing it down. I mean, that's just pure football porn. Um, you can't ask for anything more. Parker Washington, love you, bro. I like it. I like it. Uh, what is your second award of the game? Second award, I'm going with the um, – I think I'm going to save that for the end of the season, actually. Because I think we, we're going to want to do some end-of-the-season awards, right? Yeah, I, w- I would imagine probably in between the bowl game, we'll, we'll do like an end-of-season one. Well, but I think we should do it after the bowl game, right? Bowl game well, I guess it depends, on when the, it depends on when the bowl game is. I don't want to wait a full month. That's a good point. I see where you're coming from. Um, hmm. What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? You know what? I've given this award before. I'm going with the Toby Flanderson Award. The Toby Flanderson. <laughs> why do you do things – or why are you the way that you are? Yes. Oh, God. Who is it? It's the entire offensive line. Again. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's not the first time they've gotten it. Yeah, probably. Four sacks for, like, 30 yards lost. Mm-hmm. It's just, like – it's such a rinse and repeat of just awfulness – and like short yardage situations, we don't convert. We let up sacks on third down in key moments. And it's just like, why are you the way that you are? <laughs> yeah, I have nothing good to add to that. So I'll leave it as that. <laughs> um, but it will be very interesting to see what happens with the offensive line going into next season. I'm sure we'll talk about that a whole lot in our end of year. Mm-hmm. Uh, recap. Um, all right, my last one is the Hat Trick Award. Hat Trick Award. Yeah, this one's going to be a little bit more difficult to get. Um, I mean, is it Sean Clifford for the free touchdowns? Negative, but it is the third of something. So this one goes to Daquan Hardy. Had a pick six, and that gives the team three pick six on the season. I, um, I couldn't find the tweet, but I saw a tweet that day that said, this is like the first time we've had three pick sixes in a season since. And it was like a while. It was like mid two thousands, I think. Um, so I know that's not very insightful for anyone. Cause I don't have the actual year, but I feel like it's been a while since we've done that had multiple game changing plays like that. So uh, I think Jair Brown had one. Uh, that very long one, uh, Jesse Luketa had that like one-handed crazy one. And then Daquan Hardy, um, really timely. It was third quarter. We were down, gave us the lead at the time. Uh, it was just really cool to see him make a play. He's a guy I've given sort of like an under-the-radar award or like, oh, remember him award. Because he's, he's not someone you think about right off the top with a lot of different playmakers that we have in the secondary. Um, but he's been very, very good, and he gave us the hat trick on pick sixes this season. So Daquan Hardy, thanks, man. I like it. 
Um, all right. What else you got for this game? Like I said, I don't have a ton of notes. Anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to discuss? Yeah, I mean, I had, how did you, I didn't get to actually watch the game live. Okay. Uh, I was at work during the game. And like the, honestly, the most telling thing to me was, especially second half, like I, I'll be honest with you, I was 100% watching it while I was at work. I was <laughs> just walking down the fairway, pulling out my phone, grabbing yep. someone's bag and looking at, at my phone. Um, and it literally seemed like every time I picked up my phone and turned the game on, Michigan State had the ball, especially in the second half. I got to see yeah. at least a little bit of it in the first half. Like, it was fairly even. Second half, it was like we didn't have the ball ever. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. Um, like I said, we were down 14 nothing to start the game off. We weren't, we weren't finding our rhythm. Um, we had multiple fumbles in the game. I think we lost two. Um, yeah. It it just it seemed like a lot of things were not going our way. Um, the other thing that obviously we have to talk about is uh, we had some missed kicks, so we had a missed extra point and a missed field goal. I know you never want to play this game, but that is four points. We lost by three, mm-hmm. um, but they missed some kicks on their side too. So you can, I mean you can't blame it on Jordan Stout, and I don't blame it on Jordan Stout. Um, but yeah, it, it seemed like every time we either you know got a lead or got closer, something went wrong, and it was just like, oh yeah, they have the ball again. Great, that that sounds about right. Yeah, um, you know you had the fumble on was third and one, mm-hmm. where Kevon Lee not only fumbles but like yeah gets stuffed at the line of scrimmage and probably wouldn't have gotten a first down anyway. Yeah. Um, fumble on a kickoff, I think, by John Lovett. Just, like, yep. really inexcusable. Yep. Um, especially I, considering when you fumble on a kickoff, it's, like, kind of should get it back. <laughs> yeah. I was, at, I was at the bar. We had just scored, or they had just scored, rather. I don't know. Some, some, whatever just happened. Like, yeah, momentum. They, they, if, they, if they were kicking off, they had just scored, yeah. obviously. But, like, momentum was going in our way. Um and like something good had just happened, whatever. And I was like, all right, we got time. We're going to, we're going to come back. We're going to win this game. And then I look up, I'm like, wait, how do they have the ball? And in their territory, like what just happened? Like, I think I went to the bathroom and I missed it. I caught it on the replay, like inexcusable. Yeah. It's just, you know, these are the things that like lose games. Yeah. And honestly, I don't know how much you can. So like there, there's obviously been a lot of complaints about James Franklin after this game. How much do you blame James Franklin for this loss? Not a ton because a lot, a lot of it is execution. I think like he gets his fair share for like, you know, X's and O's and time management and game management. There's some of that, but like we just weren't executing on a lot. You know, there, there were a lot of opportunities where we, we had a chance to turn the corner, to change the scripts, to, to get the momentum going our way. And it just, it felt like we were just missing. Um, I don't, I don't have all the examples off the top of my head and I don't, honestly, I don't think anyone cares to talk through them right now. Um, but it, it felt like it was more execution in this game. Yeah. I mean, I didn't see really a big, other than, you know, I would have liked maybe some passing plays on, you know, the third and fourth down situations where we got stopped, uh, because their secondary is terrible. Uh, but I, I get it. Not ideal passing conditions, but like, listen, it was still working. Mm-hmm. Threw for 300 yards more like 330 or whatever like yeah if you can still pass with the weather just do it like stop yeah. trying to go back to this and there's also this total overreaction from like twitter of like why why are we you know why are we running the ball we should just be passing the ball but we did still pass the ball more than we ran the ball yes yeah so like yeah. It, there's there is this middle middle ground i think that exists uh, in real life that maybe doesn't exist on Twitter where like it seems like you're either 
James Franklin's going to save this program or he's the worst coach ever and you have to fire. Mm -hmm. Yes. And like, I think most of our fan base like exists in this middle area where it's like, I'm glad we extended his contract, Yes. but I'm really frustrated with the way this program's going. And at the end of the day, it comes down to him. Like end of the day, he's been a bad football coach for two seasons. Yeah. If if you want me to be honest. Speak for themselves. Yeah. The results speak for themselves. This this year was we, – we said eight and four would be our bottom of like we're not happy, but we're not overly disappointed. And that's seven when we thought five. Sean Clifford couldn't play football, basically. Correct, correct. <laughs> seven, seven and five with the hope that we saw, I am disappointed. I'm absolutely yeah. disappointed. It, it's, honestly, I'm more than disappointed. Like I think it's inexcusable. And all of these losses, other than Ohio State, were what, like four points and less? Yeah. Yeah. And even yeah. Ohio State, like we were in that game. Yep. Yep. Iowa, like, Iowa was a freak, freak experience with Roberson not knowing what to do on a field. It happened. Illinois, no excuse. You should have had a backup plan if Cliff couldn't go. Uh, that's a team that Bayou could have beat. Uh, I'll stick to that till the day I die. Um, Ohio State, we played them well, but just not quite enough. Michigan, we should have beat them. Michigan State, we should have beat them. That eventually comes down to coaching. So, yeah, this game I mean, in particular, the, yeah, there was a lot of execution. Game we lost. Yeah. Other yeah. than Ohio State, I think. Oh, no, yeah. we, we led at one we point Ohio State. We yeah. did have a lead. Yep. Yeah, so we have leads in every game. And like I said, this game, there was more some more execution things that I think could have gone better. But um, at the end of the day, it comes down to your head coach who's making, what, $85 million at this point? Like, you know, you have to find a way to get your program in shape. And, you know, this is year one of Mike Yersich. We have to see what next year takes a step, who the quarterback is, you know, what what we do with some new new pieces and new guys that are coming in from, from the stud recruiting class, from the transfer portal. Uh, and you have to see how he fixes defense coordinator. You're, you're losing, you know, a huge part of your success. We've talked about it. Defense has been, sure, it's been bend, no break. Sure, we've been frustrated at times, but they have been a top 10 defense for every year that Brent Pry has been there. Now, conversely, it's, this was by far the defense's worst game of the year. Yes, I wasn't going to say it, but yes, it was bad. Uh, one, of the only, one of the only coaching things that I really, really hated was early in the game. It was like fourth and one in their territory, and we decided to punt. I'm like, fuck this. It's the last game of the season. Just go for it. Jordan Stout gets a beauty of a punt, gets him down in the one. I'm like, I was just kidding. Great decision. Great decision. And then two plays later, they're down in our territory. They just yeah. gashed us. Gashed us. Um, but that's the same thing that kills us at Ohio State. Yeah, we had a chance to win that game, and twice in a row, just huge running plays, like the first play of a drive. Yeah, yeah. So it's not good. It's an ugly win. The one, the one positive I'll say. Um, no, I it's like an ugly that we, loss. Ugly loss. I'm drunk. Uh, it's it's <laughs> nine fifty. Would would have loved an ugly win at this point. I would have loved begging, an ugly. I'm begging for ugly wins. It is nine fifty at night. I haven't had a drop of alcohol, but I feel very drunk. Um, that's what this team does to you sometimes. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I did like to see in an ugly loss, uh, I like to see us returning the ball with Devin Ford. Um, we haven't really done it all season. We've been big on the fair catch, um, and and the the stats back it up. Oftentimes we don't, you know, you don't actually get back to the twenty five. Might as well just take the fair catch. We averaged 23.6. Okay, damn near close. But a long of 36. There was a couple that he almost broke it. Like, it was nice to see that sort of excitement again. And I'd like to see more of that next year. Yeah, it is one of those things. That I think it's just more fun. Yeah, definitely. And it, gives, it gives you the opportunity for a big play. It gives you the opportunity to change the game, right? Like, I mean, that's, that's Coach Lorig's uh, acronym, CTG, change the game. Like, 
you know, give him the chance to do it. So and like, it was you know, an ugly like loss. You said, let's say you average getting back to the 23.6 yard line. Like <laughs> is, Damn is close. The, the two yards really not worth the potential for a gigantic, Although I think it's absolutely worth point it. there is we did fumble on a kickoff. We did fumble. We did fumble. You know why? <laughs> you know why we fumbled? Because we haven't been returning it all year, damn it. Yeah. Um, so it's an ugly loss. We finished seven and five. Well, you love uh, just talking point. yourself out of, out of your own point. You know, why not do it? Why not do it? Because it lost us the game, mostly. Yeah, I, had I, to... <laughs> I, I like excitement, damn it. And I want excitement and I want big plays and I want opportunity to change the game. Uh, but we now shift our focus to the ball game. Um, it's looking like it's going to be me or you, pal. It's looking like Vegas or Pinstripe. I, I was saying to my girlfriend, like, I'm going to be so bitter if the first year I don't come back to New Jersey for Christmas, <laughs> we play a ball game in New York City. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, I have no intention of going to a bowl game this year. I really don't care all that much. And again, I love this team. I'll support this team. I'm just not going to go pay money to watch a seven and five team in a bowl that I don't care about. If it's in Travel New York city, exactly. If it's in New York city and I can hop on the D train and be up there in 30 yeah. minutes, I will be there, my friend. And I will drink with all of you in all the bars around Yankee stadium. Um, but honestly, I'm kind of rooting for you. I, I hope it's Vegas. I hope you get to go to a game. I've been to the pinstripe bowl. I've been to several bowl games. I hope you get your bowl moment and uh, maybe it'll be a fun one. And, if, you know, l- listen, guys, who, if, if we do go to the Vegas Bowl, everyone who's going, let me know. Yeah. Let's, let's get it uh, we'll, going. We'll, we'll, we'll tweet it out, and we'll, we'll do some meetups or something like that. It'll be fun. Hell yeah. Um, all right. The only other thing I have listed down uh, is it is transfer portal season. Transfer portal season is upon <laughs> us. Um, like I mentioned, Tyler Rudolph, a safety, is officially in the transfer portal. Um, who else or what other groups or what else do you see might be leaning towards transfer out at this point? Do you have any thoughts on that yet? I mean, I think at some point we're going to have to lose a running back. Yeah. Noah Kane, Devin Ford, probably at least one of them is going. Um, especially with, I think, because I Holmes is going to start seeing some action. We've got, you know, a guy who is probably going to end up being a five-star running back coming in next season, whether he red shirts or not. Like these are guys who are losing snap share and there's more people coming. Yeah, exactly. The rotation hasn't worked. Not everyone's getting the touches. I, I think we'll lose probably one running back. Wouldn't shock me if it's Devin Ford or maybe Kaziah Holmes, if he doesn't think that he's gonna, you know, get the potential. I don't want to lose any of them, but I'm preparing myself for that. Um, and then the other one, I mean, it's not official, but I, I think you got to expect at this point, Roberson's got to be gone, right? I feel like we haven't oh, heard yeah. about him. I feel like we haven't heard about him since Iowa. Like, Veyu obviously took over the number two role. It, it was reported that he wasn't at practice from time. So, like, I don't know if he's been with the program. If he hasn't, obviously I hope everything's okay with him. But, like, it seems like the writing's on the wall there. I can't imagine Roberson's back. Yeah, he's already lost the spot as a backup. You've got two guys coming in, one of whom is – really highly touted and like already has the fan base and on top of the fact that like i know i still think the starting quarterback's coming back next season we do we differ <laughs> on that one we differ on that one which will bring me to my last question of the episode uh we've already battled this out we're not going to go through do we think sean clever comes back yes or no you think he does i think he doesn't if he doesn't i want to play this one out the biggest name on the transfer portal right now spencer rattler from oklahoma do you want him if if he's available and he says, "Hey, I want to come to Penn State." Do you want him? I don't know, man. It's like um, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like personally, I find him off-putting, um, and 
I don't love the I, – I don't think he was great at Oklahoma, a place where, like, you know, a quarterback should really flourish under one of the best offensive minds in the country with a really good offensive line and a lot of talent around him and a conference that doesn't really play as much defense, you know? Yeah. And if he's not looking really good there, I don't see him coming to Penn State looking a lot better. Um, And the fact of the matter is, if he doesn't look like a Heisman candidate, I also don't like what maybe he would do to that locker room. Yeah, I think that's that's the back and forth. I've been I've been back and forth, and I said no originally that I was talked very much into it because he did have just a stellar freshman year. Like he was so good. Um, I mean, then, I've seen him make some really special throws. Like the kid, yeah. And I mean, he was talent. I don't have his stats pulled up, but he was like complete in seventy percent of his passes. He he was very very good his freshman year, and then this year something went wrong, and he got unseated by Caleb Williams. But yeah, there's some of that like culture fit locker room stuff that I've talked about or that we've heard about rather. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see. Like, and I don't know if Penn State's on his list. I don't know if we even have a chance. I'd be a little surprised if he even is really considering Penn State. I, I just think Penn State is a very prime opportunity at this point. Again, this is assuming Clifford doesn't come back. It's like, all right, there's no incumbent. There's not a ton of experience. If there's someone who thinks they can come in and, again, as most transfers want to do, is get that starting job right away, I think we will be a very hot destination for a quarterback. And I think you almost have to add one if Cliff doesn't come back. If it's not Rattler, it's going to be someone else because you're going with – Bayou, if Roberson's gone, you got Mason Stahl, the walk-on who we saw recently, and then the two freshmen. You cannot, yeah. you cannot go into a season with that. So I think there That's will true. be a transfer coming in if Cliff is gone, uh, and it'll be very interesting to see if it's Radler or someone else. Um, coaching carousel, you know, creates a lot, a lot of openings. A lot of people want to leave because their coach is gone, or they see a, you know, an opportunity to make a pivot. Um, Franklin needs to be on it big time. You know, he showed he showed that he had an eye for it this past season. Brought in a few key additions. Now you got to step it up a notch and, and take it even to the next level. Yeah, I mean, I think not that I know. I, I looked at like a list. And I don't remember any of their names, but like he's got to be going after offensive linemen in the portal. Yeah. I know. I think there's a guy from Clemson who like was a big recruit who hasn't really seen the field much. Um, you're, I mean, that's what you're going to be. You're going to be looking at either grad transfers or guys who were big time recruits who like for one reason or another, haven't seen the field at their big time university. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You got to take a chance on someone. Yeah. You there needs to be some big O-line movements. Whoever the Speaking top O-line which, transfers are, you got to go get them. Have you heard about Nate Bruce? No. Coming back to football. No way. He wants to come back to football. Um, okay. I don't what? know. I don't remember what – because I remember he was, it was announced he wasn't part of the team anymore, but yes. I don't know. I don't remember details on what happened or anything. So Penn Live wrote a really good article about it, you know, with him interviewed. Um, basically, he just, like, kind of couldn't – I think – you know, they didn't – in so many words, like, couldn't handle college – lifestyle the balance of academics and like a more professional football environment was like too much for him and ended up not enjoying the football part because of everything around him and he said he loved penn state you know in general but like he just it stopped being fun for him to play and he didn't like it and then i think he was just really overwhelmed um and it was interesting you know he's a harrisburg guy went to harrisburg high school just like micah parsons apparently the same thing almost happened to micah parsons his freshman year oh wow he had a lot of trouble adjusting and almost quit football. Wow. I didn't know that. Um, I, th- I think maybe, 
you know, like for being very frank here, Harrisburg is not like a very wealthy area and it's a large yeah, yeah. public school, like probably not the best academic place to be probably doesn't really prepare kids for like big time college all that well. Sure. And I think maybe that took a toll on him. Um, I don't know if there's a path back to Penn state right away, at least mm. I know I'm sure Lackawanna is going to be looking at him. And if he's in Lackawanna, you know, we've got the connection. <laughs> maybe but there's I mean, a reunion down the line. Okay. Um, that's I mean, cool. That's, I mean, that's losing a nice him was a huge blow to what this offensive line could have been. I mean, he was in the 2020 class. I believe so. Yeah. He was a big time prospect, but well, I mean, he was he, one he of never... two offensive linemen in that class with a scholarship. Sure. Sure. They, we'd lost half of our scholarship offensive linemen. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm Think about what you. that did to our depth and just like our possibilities of offense. Yeah. You know? And he's like, you know, uh, physically huge. He's a big dude. He's a big dude. <laughs> you, you would hope that he would pan out well. Yeah. He's huge and he has like the tools to be, you know, not just a pass blocker. Yeah. He's a lot of what, like, you know, the, he could be is a lot of what our line needs slash needed. Yeah. So it was a really big blow to the depth and talent of our offensive line to lose a guy like him. Yeah. And hopefully be... I'd love to see him back in blue and white. Yeah. I mean, hopefully just for him and his sake, you know, of his personal well being, I hope all works out for him, but that would be a nice little redemption story. I like that. I did not see that article. Very, very cool. cool. Very cool. Very cool, Pat. Very cool way to end the show. Um, yeah, transfer portal season upon us. We are waiting for a defensive coordinator. We are waiting to see what bowl game we're going into. And yeah, overall, we're slightly disappointed. But we hope and we pray the next year turns it around because that's why we do this every year. Because there is always next year and there's always something to look forward to. And there's always another chance. Pat, any last words? Uh, guys. I've been with my girlfriend for two football seasons now, and Penn State's gotten a lot worse. Oh, Do break up. I have to leave her. <laughs> leave her immediately. Uh, I'm very sorry. I'm sure you're a wonderful girl. We like you a whole lot. Uh, Penn State's more important. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope everyone is enjoying their holiday season. Uh, hopefully, we get a good bowl game. Uh, maybe Pat or I will be there. Maybe we'll get to meet some of you guys in person, share a beer, and uh, let's go 1-0 and in whatever next game we get. We are.